Hey guys, welcome to the Drone Horizon podcast. I'm Alex and today I'm joined by Danielle Madden. Danielle, would you like to introduce yourself? Um, hi, I'm Danielle Madden. Um, I run an Instagram account called Madden's Travels um, and I'm based in Hull um, in Yorkshire. Cool. Well, thank you for taking time out of your day. Um, obviously, as always, we've asked you to send over sort of three shots that are your favourites or, you know, mean something to you. So we've got three great pictures. We'll start off with the uh, top-down shot of the boat. So do you want to talk us through why you've chosen this one? Um, yeah, I, I chose this one. Um, it's probably one of my favourite drone shots. And there's not... What I really like about this one is I didn't think about the shot that I'd t- taken. Um, so this was taken in a place called Nairsborough, which is in um, Yorkshire. And it's got a massive viaduct over the river. Um, and the goal was always to get a picture of the train passing on the viaduct. So what I did is I quickly got the drone up and I knew the train was coming within like two, three minutes time. Um, And as I was waiting, I just thought, oh, I'll just see what's around me. So I started moving my camera down a little bit, ended up seeing this. And I've seen so many pictures of top down shots of birds and always kind of was a dream shot of mine to get with a drone. So when I saw this, I instantly put the drone up a little bit higher to about 100 metres and ended up getting the shot not really thinking about it because it wasn't the shot that I had in mind. It wasn't what I was thinking of. It was just a quick, quick get this, right, the train's coming, put the drone back into the position. And then it happened about two weeks later where I was actually looking back on the pictures and this ended up being one of my favourite shots that I got from the day. Yeah, I mean, that's what, that seems to be a reoccurring theme from sort of just chatting to people over the course of the podcast that sometimes the shots that aren't sort of planned or aren't intentional end up being your favourites and I think that sort of I can't remember who it was but someone said to me it's all about expectations you know if you go there expecting to take a shot and it doesn't quite turn out how you expect it to then obviously you're going to feel maybe a little bit sort of let down by that but obviously by taking a shot that you're not expecting and it comes out better than you better than you imagine then obviously it's a a bonus. Yeah definitely and I think that's that's key really because I was expecting I, I've seen all these shots of the viaduct and the train going so in my mind I had the shot that I wanted and I, I ended up getting one of them but the best bit is that this I had no idea I was going to get it I actually just took it because I was waiting for the train and I just thought quickly take a few shots around the area um, and then I came home and I absolutely love it I just love that the water's so clear and um, like smooth and then the white reflecting the grey and the blue just it just works really well so it's, it's one of my favourite drone shots that I've taken. Yeah I mean I really like the sort of colours you've managed to get in this it's sort of quite a dark and, and moody colour palette is this is that like a filter that you've just put over the top or was that sort of something that you intentionally edited it looking like that? Um, It was actually one of the presets that I've just been designing Um, so I just stuck it on that but luckily during that day we had a really big storm in Yorkshire um, and the sky was like black it was awful so luckily the sky and the light kind of made it already like that. Um, but it is, it is a filter and it is a um, preset, but I kind of wanted it like that. Um, I tried a few others and I thought that the grey and the trees and then the boats and the water all worked together um, due to like the dark moody feel with the photo. Yeah, definitely. And something else as well, all the seats in the boats seem to be different colours. I mean, I don't know whether that's intentional sort of on, on the boat owner's point of view but it it gives kind of like obviously where it's quite a dark and moody color anyway it just sort of helps you to helps each boat stand out a little bit more 
Yeah, definitely. I've not actually noticed that myself. Um, so thanks for bringing that out. But yeah, um, all the boats um, in the area are named after someone in, famous in the area. So I do think all the seats and they're all different colours. Um, but just looking at it, yeah, it does. It it draws you to the boats, doesn't it? Due to the colours on the seats. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, you mentioned about your sort of filters that you've been developing. When you sort of go through your editing, and obviously we'll come on to the other two pictures in, in a little bit, but um, do you sort of apply those filters to every picture or is it just about sort of selecting the right picture for the right filter? Um, the, the right filter for the right picture. I don't always use the presets. I tend to just edit um, myself just straight from a picture, so just bypass the preset. Obviously with this one, I, I did stick a preset on it because... I thought oh, it's not the picture I really wanted in the end. Um, I'll just quickly see what it looks like edited. And then obviously it did work. So, and it worked really well with the preset that I developed. Do you tend to use sort of, obviously I'm guessing you probably use Lightroom. Is Do you use Photoshop in conjunction with that for sort of any touch-ups or is it mainly just Lightroom that you use? Um, yes, I use Lightroom and then Photoshop for touch-ups. I've, I've noticed on this one that the touch-ups with the water, there's a little bits in it. And in my head, I really wanted to get rid of them. But as I did, it, it just made the water really look unnatural. Um, and I thought that the bits in the water really helped you draw to the boats and the dark areas. Yeah, I mean, I have found that sort of personally when I've been editing in the past. And you, it gets to a point where you take too much out of the shot and it starts to look too fake. And obviously you want, obviously in this case, you, you want to sort of draw your eyes to the boats. Um, but like there's been shots that I've done before where, you know, you spend all this time sort of like removing the, the ropes or removing people from it. And at the end of it, you sit back and think, oh, it looks okay, but it's just, it's missing that realness that I think sometimes photographers can overlook maybe if you go through too much editing. Yeah, totally agree. I've seen a few on Instagram at the moment, which I feel like people are over editing the shots to make it Instagram worthy. And you do lose that natural touch. You lose that um, personal touch and you can make it look over too edited. Um, so I try and stay away from that um, because let's be honest, nothing that we see is as perfect as it is on Instagram. I think you sometimes do need to show the real place that you see in. Yeah, definitely. So obviously Instagram is quite a big thing for everybody and especially for photographers it's basically sort of like a virtual portfolio um so how important has instagram been for you in sort of getting your work out there and getting people aware of what it is that you do um massively um i actually created the instagram account last january i um i came across a hard drive in december time um i haven't really been showing my photos off I've not that I've always been hiding them it's just I wasn't really a very social media person due to working on it full time coming coming home and going on social media was like a busman's holiday for me like it's the last thing that I wanted to do um but I knew I wanted to travel a lot last year um and I had all these pictures and I thought I better I really want to work on my editing skills and my photos so I started just throwing them on Instagram within a year I'm now nearly at 10,000 followers built this massive community um, and it's been incredible because not only has it allowed me to showcase my work to all these people all around the world but it's also helped me increase my skills because um, I do think you do look at picture now and question is it Instagram worthy are people going to like this um, and you see like other people like I see a drone shot of a top down of a boat and now I aim to get that shot 
Um, so it's, it's, it's been really helpful for me. Um, I try and stay away from it. Not, I don't try and go on it as much as I should do. Um, but no, it's definitely been really helpful for me um, as a photographer and getting my work out there. So obviously sort of since starting your Instagram in, say, January of last year, um, sort of the pictures that you've taken since then, both with your drone and probably with your sort of DSLR, um, do you find that you take the shots with the intention of posting them to Instagram? Or is it a case if you take the shot and then when you get back, you sort of sift through and think, right, okay, that one would be good for Instagram? Because I think with... Instagram being as prominent as it is with the sort of photography industry and, and the filmmaking industry, I think sometimes we can fall into a trap of purely creating content for Instagram rather than creating content for ourselves and then posting it on Instagram as sort of a bonus. Yeah, I, I see a lot of people doing that where they go, this is a perfect Instagram shot. I tend to take a group of photos that I think I will like and that I can use them for a lot of different purposes. And then I do what you say, that's sift through them, and I go, this would be perfect for Instagram. Or, or sometimes when I'm at a location and I take a picture, I instantly know that I will be posting that, but I haven't taken it for that reason. Yeah, and I think it can be very easy to sort of fall into that trap of taking the shots for Instagram and, and sort of putting yourself out there because as important as Instagram is, I think photography is about as much of your what you personally enjoy as well as sort of sharing it with everybody and you know over the course of the podcast chatting with a couple of people it seems to be that sometimes the shots that you don't prefer are the ones that end up doing better on Instagram so you know you can take sort of four or five shots and think right this is my favorite one put that on Instagram and it won't get the reaction that you probably expected but then maybe with a shot that you think, oh, well, this one was okay, but I'll still post it, you know, that ends up doing really well. So I think sort of that focus on solely taking pictures for Instagram can be sort of a dangerous trap to fall into because then you're constantly trying to please your Instagram audience with all your shots. And if that doesn't necessarily work, then, you know, you start to think maybe that your shots aren't good enough. And obviously then comparing that to other people, it can sort of be like a, a downward spiral almost. Yeah, and I think it gets you thinking, are my pictures any good? Is it worth me carry on doing this? And I think what people do is they look at, for example, I really love this photo, I'll stick it on social media and it gets a few hundred likes and you was expecting thousands. You then step back and go, oh, was that not any good? I'll, I'll give photography up. And really, you should be just doing it for yourself. I love um, I love street photography. Um, I don't really showcase it on my Instagram but when I'm abroad and exploring the world and stuff, I love capturing the real life people because I feel like it really represents the country. On my Instagram, I know that they get nothing. Like I can post an amazing landscape shot and it gets thousands. I post a street photography shot and it gets a hundred. But I will never stop doing the street photography because I know it's something that I really love. I love capturing a real life country and real life people and yeah I'll always stick I'll always be posting the pictures even though I they might not get the best reach because I think it showcases me and my skills and what I love about photography rather than doing it for likes or the growth and stuff yeah definitely I mean so we've sort of briefly talked about Instagram and I just want to sort of come back to your Instagram name which is obviously Madden's Travels so where did that name come from because obviously did you sort of have the intention of traveling last year, which has obviously then been abruptly stopped by COVID? Um, you know, where did that sort of inspiration come from? Um, yeah, so 
the whole the whole point of the Instagram was I was going to post a picture every day for 2020. I had about 200 pictures that I knew I really wanted and that they were Instagram worthy with the intention that last year I was going to be traveling all around Europe. I think I was doing 17 countries in total. Obviously that didn't happen. Um, so yeah, the name Madden Travels was my last name. And then because I was traveling and it would be a travel photography site. Um, I did start throwing a few gig photos on there last year and realized that the audience that I built up didn't want to see stereophonics on Earl Gallagher on stage. They wanted to see a pretty landscape. So I definitely moved it away from that. But yeah, it's, it was a travel Instagram and I wanted to keep it away from my real name. And um, I guess if you look at Madden's travels, you kind of understand it's something to do with traveling. So are you still planning to sort of travel throughout Europe, obviously probably this later this year or next year now? Is that something that you still wanted to do? The, the minute I can go, I will be at that airport, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I think having been cooped up for so long, I think all anybody wants to do is is get out now and obviously travelling abroad and, and that kind of thing is it's perfect. Yeah, definitely. And I think seeing everybody's shots on Instagram this year has... My list has just got massive. And I'll have photos on my phone with different locations where and I want to get this shot and I want to get that shot. And I think this has made me realise I want to move away from cities, like city breaks. The whole intention was going around Europe and mainly seeing cities. And I don't want to be doing that anymore. I want to be seeing the landscapes and the national parks and so on. Yeah. And I think, obviously, I've said it on the podcast before, but I guess... The, the only positive that's really come from COVID is it sort of makes you appreciate what's more available to you in your own country, um, which sort of brings us nicely onto your second shot, which is uh, Whitby. So do you want to talk us through why you've sort of chosen this shot and how this one came to be? Yeah, just bringing you your last point, this last year definitely made me realise how beautiful around the area I live in and England. Um, and obviously Whitby is... It's a little seaside, a little seaside. It's a seaside town in Yorkshire. It's my favourite place to visit. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, and I visited so many times last year because obviously you couldn't travel abroad. And I think last year has just made me realise how, how beautiful England is and how selfishly we think that we can travel all around the world and not really appreciate what's around us. And I think last year definitely did. And it made me appreciate this place more. Um, and this drone shot was actually the the second day I, I had my Maverick Mini, which is the drone that I use. Um, I, I had a drone previously before this, which was super cheap. It was awful. I pretty much got it to see if I would fly it into a tree. Um, and I would fly it up in the air and two seconds later, it would be in someone's back garden. It was the worst thing in the world. So... I would definitely recommend um, buying the better equipment. So I got the Maverick Mini and I went to a field near me, stuck it up in the air and I felt instantly confident using this equipment. Um, and then the next day I went to Whitby um, and it was actually the, the day after the first lockdown is finished. So it was the day we could actually travel and go places. So it was packed. It was, it, it was just amazing just being out. Um, and I just felt this confidence that I could just throw my drone up and just get a shot um so where I'm stood here is it's kind of like a park area where people sit and have a picnic and we'll start having fish and chips and I just felt this urge to stick my drone up in the air and get the shot which is here 
um, that's about 100 meters in the air. So that's like the second day using it. Um, and I ended up just getting shots. I flew all down the river. I followed that boat. I actually flew across where you can see the castle in the top left corner. Um, and I think the reason I use this one, it's probably not my greatest drone shot, but it's one that reminds me of where I started with drone photography um, and the ability that a drone could show me what it could do. Because obviously I've been to Whitby all of my life and never have seen Whitby from that view before. And obviously I had this drone up in the air and I had it on my phone. Um, so yeah, it, it just makes me love it because it makes me realise that's how I started my drone photography. Yeah, and I think if you somewhere like Whitby where you've sort of been growing up and, and going there regularly I think you almost take it for granted and sort of when you've obviously in, in this instance when the shot was taken that you were sort of allowed to go out and you put the drone up in the air it sort of it's got that sort of happy memory associated with it and almost the, the freedom of, of being able to get out and the freedom of sort of being able to to fly around and, and take the shots and I know what you mean about sort of choosing the right equipment for the job because I think sometimes it can be tempting to go for sort of that cheaper equipment, which ultimately will will end up in you having a bad first experience with a drone. But obviously the stuff like the DJI stuff is is fantastic in stability and, and reliability. And obviously it means that you can be that little bit more confident with flying around and getting the shots that it is that you want. Yeah, definitely. I, th I think with the, I, I always wanted to get into drone photography, um, but it's, I didn't realise how much I would love it. Um, so obviously when you're looking at drone photography and you see a price tag of 500 to a thousand pounds, you're thinking, do I really want to invest that money and lose it instantly? You hear horror stories, don't you? Um, and the previous drone that I had, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fly it near houses. I wouldn't fly it near a single person because it was just awful. It had, the, it had a world of its own. Like you would, you would fly it left and it would go straight forward into a tree. Um, so then when I got the the DJI, I knew that I was going to Whitby the next day and I thought, I won't have the confidence. I won't be sticking it up in the air. Like, it'll be a busy place. Um, it's an area that I don't really know. I don't know how to land it properly. And then all of a sudden, with new equipment, I had this confidence and, yeah, absolutely. Just, I just loved flying it around it. And I had people coming to me saying, oh, what are you flying? Can we have a look? And just made me really, it just made me, fall in love with drone photography and that's why I love the picture so much because it is a happy memory yeah and I think to sort of fly in in sort of built up places and especially over water you have to have that confidence um, and I mean obviously with your third shot which is the the peak district shot I mean that's again a fantastic shot and you've got you know you're flying looks like you're just sort of flying over the water so do you want to talk us through sort of what memories come with that one or, or why you chose that one yeah again another lockdown um this was um a day before the November lockdown. Um, so I think we all knew we were going to be trapped up for four or five months. So uh, when we got the news, I decided that I wanted to go to the Lake Peak District. Um, the dream was always to get some really good autumn colours and shots. And I was seeing Lady Bower um, in the Peak District and how amazing the trees looked and the colours. Um, so I ended up just driving. I think it was the Wednesday we went on lockdown on the Thursday. Um, and I couldn't have dreamed of better conditions during that day. Um, the sky was perfect. There was no wind. It, it felt like a really nice hot summer's day. Um, 
and then this this actually shot was me driving um and then seeing a little cut through that I could get in and just throw my drone up in the air um so I've not actually seen pictures like this because I don't know if legally you was allowed to stop here um so I pretty much just got out of the car threw my drone up um and then flew across the river and down the river um but what I love about this picture is just the water, the trees, and then the light in the um, right-hand corner that's coming from the trees. That was just all natural. Yeah, I think you've managed to capture such a variety of colours in the trees, especially. I mean, obviously, in sort of the, the bottom right, you've got sort of the, the browns and the oranges. And then on the other side of the river, you've got almost like whites, yellows, you know, light green, dark green, and then a little bit of red sort of, and then really, really dark green in, in the background. And obviously, you still managed to capture that little bridge uh, right in the in the distance as well so it's sort of it's got like a nice leading line that sort of take takes your eye up sort of through the photo which is really nice yeah and that's what that's what I wanted to um draw because obviously the bridge is um quite a famous bridge in the Peak District so I wanted people to be drawn to that and I do think that the you bounce from colour to colour in the shot and then you see the light and then your eyes are instantly drawn to the bridge um and that's what I definitely wanted from this shot um this was one of the shots that I actually, um, most of my drone shots, I plan a few of them, but I'd say normally they're just winning it and just seeing what happens during the day. But that, that this one was planned. Um, I knew I wanted the bridge and previously down the road, I knew I wasn't going to get that bridge. Um, so you was driving home and I was thinking, oh, I've missed that shot. I've missed my opportunity. And then obviously seeing this, um, just really worked and I haven't seen a photo like this before at the Peak District so it was definitely um, an eye-opener for me of what how beautiful it was around this area. Yeah and I think drone photography especially is very much and you have to be have to have the right opportunity um, I think a lot of the time with drone photography because you know if, if you are driving and there's like a lay-by that you can pull into I think you should always make the most of that because you're you know, you don't know when you're next going to be able to sort of stop off. And I think basically just stopping wherever you can to capture the shot that you 